Hello everyone. You are listening to Aishi's podcast center. You are listening to the story Last Spring by Anis Jung part 2. I want to drive a car. Mukesh insists on being his own master. I will be a motor mechanic, he announces. Do you know anything about cars? I ask. I will learn to drive a car he answers looking straight into my eyes his dreams loom like a mirage amidst the dust of streets that filled his town Firozabad famous for his bangles every other family in Firozabad is engaged in making bangles it is the center of India's glass blowing industry where family have spent generations working around furnaces welding glass making bangles for all the women in the land it seems Mukesh family is among them none of them know that it is illegal for children like him to work in the glass furnaces with high temperature in dingy cells without air and light that is law if enforced could get him and all those 20000 children out of the hot furnaces where they slog their daylight hours often losing the brightness of their eyes mukesh eyes beam as his volunteer to meet with his home which he proudly says is being rebuilt we walked down stringing lane choked with garbage past homes that remain hovels with crumbling walls weebly doors no windows crowded with family of human and animals coexisting in the primal stage he stops at the door of one such house bangs a roughly iron door with his foot and pushes it open we enter a half filled sack in one part of it thatched with death grass is a firewood stove over which sits a large vessel of sizzling spinach leaves on the ground in large aluminum platters are more chopped vegetables a frail young woman is cooking the evening meal for the whole family through eyes filled with smoke she smiles she is the wife of mukesh's elder brother not much older in years she has begun to command respect as the daughter-in-law of the house already in charge of three men her husband mukesh and their father when the old man enters she gently withdraws behind the broken wall and brings her veil closer to her face as custom demands daughter-in-law must veil their face 
before male elders. In this case, the elder is an improvised bangle maker. Despite long years of hard labor, first as a tailor, then a bangle maker, he has failed to renovate a house, send his two sons to school. All he has managed is to teach them what he knows, the art of bangles. Says Mukesh's grandmother, who has watched her own husband cook blind with the dust from polishing the glass of bangles, can a God-given lineage ever be broken? She implies. Born in the caste of bangle makers, they have seen nothing but bangles. In the house, in the yard, in every other houses and every other yard, every street in Firozabad. Spirals of bangle, sunny gold, paddy green, royal blue, pink, purple, every color born up to seven colors of the rainbow lion mounds in unkempt yards are piled on four-wheel handcrafts pushed by young men along the narrow lane of the sandy town and in dark hotmans next to lines of flames of flickering oil lamps sit boys and girls with their father and mothers, building pieces of glass in circles of bangles. Their eyes are more adjusted to the dark than to the light outside. That is why they often end up losing their eyesight before they become adults. Savita, a young girl in a dark pink dress, sits alongside an elderly woman, shoulding pieces of glass. As her hand moves mechanically, like the tongs of a machine, I wonder if she knew the sanity of bangers. She helps make it. It symbolizes an Indian woman's auspiciousness in marriage. It will dawn on her suddenly one day when her head is dabbed with a red veil. Her hand dyed red with henna and red bangles covered onto her wrist. She will then become a bride like the old woman beside her who become one many years ago. She still has bangle on her wrist, but no light in her eyes. She has not even enjoyed even one full meal in her entire lifetime. That's what she ripped her husband and old man with a blowing fruit says. I know nothing is a bangle. All I have done is to make a house for a family to live in.
hearing him one wonders if he has achieved what many have failed in their lifetime he has a roof over his head the cry of not having money to do anything except carry on the business of making bangles not even enough to eat rings in every home the young men echo the lament of their elders little has moved with time it seems in ferozabad years of mind nabbling told with kill all initiative and the ability to dream why not organize yourself in a cooperative i ask a group of young men were fallen this vicious circle of middlemen who trapped their father and forefather even if we get organized we are the ones who will be hauled up by the police beaten and dragged to jail for doing something illegal they say there is no leader among them no one who could help them to see differently their fathers are as tired as they are they talk endlessly in a spiral that moves from poverty to empathy to greed and to injustice listening to them i see two distinct worlds one of a family caught in a web of poverty burdened by the stigma of caste in which they are born the other a vicious cycle of the middlemans the police the keepers of law the bureaucrats and the politicians together they have imposed the baggage on the child that he cannot pull down before he is aware he accepts it as naturally as his father to do anything else would mean to dare and daring is not of his part growing up when i sense a flash of it in mukesh i am cheered i want to be a motor mechanic he repeats he will go to a garage and learn but the garage is a long way from his home i will work he insists do you also dream of flying a airplane He is suddenly silent. No. He says, staring at the ground. In a small murmur, there is an embarrassment that has not yet turned into regret. He is content to dream of cars that he sees huddling down the street of his town. Few towns fly over Firozabad as well. Thank you for listening.